For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. I've got to say the reaction on social media has been amazing ever since we tweeted that uh, Mr. Absalom Skaratintwa is in studio. Siabonganjovu says, I didn't see him play, but I hear the man was very, very good. Ditsejo says, the best local analyst in my opinion. I stopped watching match analysis after I stopped seeing him on TV, after they stopped calling him up. Well, we're going to speak to Skaratintwa about a lot. Skara. Good evening, sir. Thank you very much for joining us in studio. It's an honor for us to be talking to you and to be hosting you on SAFM this evening. Tabiso, thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to share one or two things with uh, the listeners and obviously to enjoy my time with you. Thank you. Only one place to start. Thoughts on the derby, on the 1-0 win of Kaiser Chiefs? Were you impressed? Where do I start? I start by. I should start by saying... The fact that Chiefs won, mm-hmm. you know, it's important. Uh, I've been saying for quite some time now that they obviously are playing, but they're not playing the kind of soccer that Chiefs should be playing. But the most important thing is that they are winning. Because at the end of the day, if you play soccer and you don't win, one, you're not going to enjoy the game. Because supporters will keep on reminding you that you've got to win the games. But secondly, the supporters have a pre- you know breaking right. Right now we're talking about the fact that Chiefs won against Pirates. Yeah. Wherever I go, people want to talk to me because of the fact that uh, at one stage, you know, I was at Amakos. Mm. Can they hold on? Can they win the league? They have the chance. And uh, the reason why I'm saying that is because so long as they have players like Abuma, Omanyama, mm. you know, Omalulek, um, because it's the players that um, decided that, uh, you know, they're going to uplift or lift their game and um, be counted so long as you have such players even if you're not playing well for instance Davids, Davids, they're mm. not won because you are creating a lot of you know chances you won because you have such players in our case we had both teenage ladder triple k maximum those were guys who would score goals when they get opportunities but they created them they mm. knew how to play in such environment mm. Talking about that team you've just mentioned now, I'm going to go right into it, Skara. Everybody talks about that great Kaiser Chiefs team that you played in. What made that team so good in your opinion? It's some of the individuals that I've just mentioned. When I got there, teenage was, you know, right up there. He would do anything and everything with the ball, mm. especially when he's left with one, you know, defender to mark. Mm. We knew that he was going to skinny. <laughs> And as soon as it does that, we knew where to position ourselves. You don't you don't see that you know a lot lately, and it's because of uh, the fact that players don't teach themselves on how to skin a defender. Mm. We had players like Max Mapunyan. Max yes. Mapunyan was hardworking type of a player. He knew how to position himself. Hardworking. He went for everything, and as a result, he scored a lot of goals. Triple K is one of the players that was very clever, and he knew how to score goals. You know how to score goals outside the Etienne box. Players like uh, the late, obviously, Asin Soleng, mm. who knew how to control the game. Someone that we all respected. Each time we had the ball, we had to listen. When I say we had to listen, we had to watch and see how he reacts, because then he would control the game. Mm. And we respected him. If you have such a team, chances are that you win a lot of games. Mm. And coaching? How important was the coaching in those days? Oh, when I got there, again... <coughs> Chiefs were went doing that well. There was uh, the late 
um, Ngobo, Shagan Ngobo. Yes. He's passed on now. But soon after that, the late uh, Eddie Lewis took over. The team started winning. They, some few few months thereafter, Ted Dumitru, the late Ted Dumitru took over. I call him the professor of the game because he understood and understood how we as the players, you know, reasons. He didn't put us under pressure. He allowed us to play and express ourselves. And that I think it's important. And that I think is something that is lacking these days with some of the coaches that we have. And lately we had, uh, you know, the again the late coach who Butler mm, Jeff was Butler. another Jeff Butler was another coach who was exceptional so I must say that I was fortunate uh, to have worked under such coaches because they knew the game they knew how to handle players and you've got to know how to handle them but besides our chairperson it's someone that played the game mm. you know I remember you know Tabis at one stage I thought I wasn't playing well mm. and I got a call I was told that he wanted to talk to me because I was not playing, I thought, ah, I've lost my job. Mm. When I got to the office, he wanted to know how people were at home, whether things was okay. Uh, and he said, you know, you're playing good soccer. I left that office saying, man, <laughs> this man is something else. And the, the following you know, game, I had to play you know, like I had never before. But it was because of the psychology that he used on me. Mm. He didn't tell me how bad I was. You know, he just wanted to know. He talked like a father. Mm. And that's the kind of player, that, that's the kind of chairman that we had at that time. Skara, there was a season that uh, we've seen in the archives of Kaiser Chiefs. They talk about in 1986, where you were player's player of the season, where you won the JPS knockout. You won the National Panasonic Champion of Champions. You won the Iwisa Charity Cup. Firstly, what is the National Panasonic Champion of Champions? What was that? To the knockout uh, competition, it was sponsored by um, a company that sold that sold uh, television. Oh, Panasonic. Uh, yes. Also, oh, it was a competition of the top flight teams. Yes. Like yes. Telcom knockout. Something of something of that nature. Yeah. And and it was it was awesome because not only did you maybe win money, you also win a television <laughs> and a radio. And some okay. of us we didn't even have television. So <laughs> each time you're given that opportunity, you'd, you'd rejoice. But it was not only us, even supporters. Oh. So it was an awesome thing. You don't see that, you know, these days. And uh, how do you look back then at that season? Why do you say worked for you that season? It was the guys that I played with. Mm. They were good players. And, and I must say that initially, when me, immediately I arrived, it was difficult because they they didn't know how I could play. Yes, uh, um, I wouldn't say they made it difficult for me to play, but they didn't understand. They didn't know how to play with me. But soon, soon, as soon as they realized how I could play, they accommodated me and they made me feel at home. Mm. And the fact that I was playing with exceptional players, players that knew how to play the game, it made it easier for me. And obviously, once the late Ted had come, because he knew me from Swaziland, mm. he made me relax. And each time... I had not performed. He said, no, don't worry, Skara. You know, you're a good player. And that is what I needed at the time. Often you'd hear that when you've missed a chance or, we've, you know, you've lost a game, they'll tell you how bad you are. Yet, at that particular time, you want to be told how good you are. How, if you're handsome, how <laughs> handsome you are. <laughs> Even when you're ugly, they want to hear that you are handsome. You want to feel good. Yes, you want to feel good. So did Ted take over from Frickleton? It took over, okay, it was Frickle too, and then Chris uh, uh, Ngobo. Oh, Shaka Ngobo. Shaka Ngobo, and then Eddie Lewis, and then Ted. And then Ted. Yeah. Okay, we've got a few votes notes that have already come through for Skara Tintua on 061 4104
The first time he was in Kizas, he was not worried that he might not even get a chance to play football because Kizas that time was having a lot of players that were very strong. Thank you. Uh, San Bonani, good evening. Babskara, talking about the late Jeff Butler, tell me what was the saga around him? Was it true that he used somebody else's CV, a name alike, or was that just all a rumor? Thank you, Mike. Do you know about that? Jeff Butler using someone else's name. Oh, obviously, um, I've heard a lot of pe- people talking about that, but I didn't get the opportunity to look at his CV. All mm. I knew is that he was a good coach. He understood the game, and uh, I want to believe that under him, you know, I played my best soccer. Okay, mm. there was a question about uh, you joining Chiefs, and now I'm going to ask you to answer that after the break because I want us to take a quick break. But before that, is it true that you were supposed to join Orlando Pirates? Okay. Is it true, yes or no? You just want one yes, answer? Just a yes or no before yes. the break. It's true. Yes. You almost joined the Land of Pirates. Yes. So you could have been a Pirates legend. Yes. Are you happy with your choices? I'm happy. I'm happy. Okay, let's take a break. We'll talk about it. Let's take a break. <laughs> Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Still in studio with Absalom Skara Tinto. What a name, Absalom. Abs- is that your name in your in your ID book? Absalom, yes. Absalom. Yes. What a what a what a name. I've been, I was telling the producers this is the most unique name that I've heard. In, is it from the Bible? Bible, yes. I thought it so. Was, it was David. Uh, he was David's son. I thought so. These guys didn't believe me. They clearly don't read their Bible like I do, these producers on this show. But let's talk about it. There was a question, Skaratin, that uh, were you not scared of joining Chiefs because there were so many stars and also the fact that you were coming from Swaziland? Can I respond to the, your last question? About Pirates? Yeah. Okay, let's get that out of okay. the way. What happened was in 1984 in December, mm. Sheikh Mashaba and Partizan Bada, they came to Swaziland to recruit me. That was meant for Pirates. Mm. So I came, I came this side. That was in January. Came for trials, you know. But because of the split, I'm sure you remember the split mm-hmm. when most of the teams left the NPSL to start the, NP, the, the NSL. Mm-hmm. You know, Pirates then ended up having two Pirates. I remained with the N, NPSL. And because of that, there was no money, there was no organization. I went back to Swaziland. That's when Keza got the opportunity to recruit me. But yes, I'm happy that I played for Chiefs. But you had come here to join Orlando Paris, Paris. Did you yes. train with them? Did you play I any match? I trained. I played uh, some games. Friendlies. That's how Keza saw me because I played friendlies and scored goals. And Keza, I'm sure, thought I could use this boy. That's an incredible story, Skaratintua. Now you come from Swaziland. You're coming to join Kaiser Chiefs. I mean, I don't know how old you are. You must have been 19 or if you were even younger or you were even older. But uh, were you not intimidated by coming to a big club like Kaiser Chiefs? Definitely I was, because uh, of the fact that uh, when I was in Southern, you could listen to you know these players and you idolize them. And when you're given an opportunity to see them, I mean to play with them, you start wondering whether you'll make it or not. So that was the first thing. And uh, it took me some time to settle, because of the fact that when I got there, they were settled and they were these good you know players who mm. were talented. And overall, how do you look back at your time at Kaiser Chiefs? There are a lot of things that, uh, you know, I got to learn, you know, whilst I was at Chiefs. One, the the, the lifestyle with, with the players that, uh, oh, by the way, it wasn't like this. We didn't have a natural mm. but we had players who wanted to be one, wanted, who had the same goal, players wanted to do well. And that, I think, was, was a good thing, because in Swaziland, we didn't have anything like that. It was not even the same, 
you know, professional type of setup. So that, for me, was important. But other than that, I don't remember even one month where we could not be paid. Mm. You know, I think that taught me that Kaiser knew how to run the team. Because if I were to compare then and now, I think now there's a lot of money compared that. But it was able to pay us the little that we, we were getting at the time. And the fact that uh, things were, were done in a systematic manner. Mm. You know, you, you, you didn't start scratching yourself and wondering what you need to do next. You knew what you had to, what was expected from you. You were also wearing jersey number 10 at Kaiser Chiefs. <coughs> was it heavy? Was the pressure on, on that jersey? And, and uh, do you remember how you got the jersey? I, I don't know how it was decided. And, and, but I know that there was um, a, one of the officials, his, uh, his name was, uh, his, his late as well, Chailan mm-hmm. uh, mm. uh, He was from Wazulu Natal. He's the one who explained to me the importance of wearing such a jersey and the fact that uh, because I'm wearing this jersey, supporters will expect me to play in a certain way. But fortunately for me, that did not, you know, um, it did not um, affect me because at the time I think it didn't, didn't make any sense. I didn't understand what they meant because a, a number, to me, it was a number. It was only once our, I had started playing that I realized how important you know, that number is when, after I'd spoken to some supporters and they keep on reminding me that that number is so special to them. How do you feel about clubs retiring that number? Is it something that you understand? I don't know. To me, if you were to ask me, I would say no, but I understand that uh, people tend to have, you know, their own reason of of doing that. Mm. Okay, let's go to another voice note. If you want to speak to Skara Tintua, the lines are open 0891-104-207 if you prefer to call us or if you prefer to send a voice note on WhatsApp, it's 061-4104-107. Uh, evening, Tabiso. Sendisila, always the one. Yes, Tabiso, you bring a legend. I used to listen uh, on the radio mm-hmm. Uh, in Eastern Cape, I think um, it was your father, uh, Baba Stan Mosia. Uh, he used to uh, like uh, to draw, uh, like you have that vision, or that vision you are at a stadium, the way the old man he used to say over the radio, everybody in Eastern Cape, you know those days, the TV, well, the, we were, we were not having a TV. We were listening just to Mshobo Wenene. But that time it was a radio closer. But anyway, you bring a legend. He's a legend. And he was also a legend with those people, with those uh, legends he was playing with them. They were displaying a good football. By the time I was not even a, 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 a Chiefs fan, but I used to watch them and be excited when I'm listening to the radio when Kaiser Chiefs was playing but time. But anyway, thanks, uh, Mr. Tabiso. Uh, thanks a lot for bringing our legends. Thanks a lot. Bye. Hi, Tabiso Musia. <laughs> you just took a good guess about the name Absalom. Thank you. This is Wayne Samuel Wilson in Kronstadt. 
<laughs> Come on. I know my Bible. Mm. That's how I know Absalom. But thanks for the verse note. Thanks for that first one also. Um, I'm sure my dad is listening. He always listens to our show and I'm sure he'll be happy uh, with that compliment. Yeah, he used to like Absalom Skaratintu a lot. That's how I also know about Absalom Skaratintu. Let's go to the lines. William is uh, William Shongwe, the cool cat. Am I reading correctly here? Okay, I think we've got William Shonga on the line, but uh, we'll get to him shortly. Skara, you left Chiefs for Vets in 1993. Why did you leave? I think it, I had reached a stage where it was not my, my decision. Um, I don't even know how it happened, but I, I think I'd reached my stage, a stage where you know, Chiefs felt that you know, maybe they wanted to allow the young guys to, to continue. Mm. Hence, you know, they then negotiated with its and such and such as because it was a suggestion that I should go and play for it. I had to say yes or not, but because of the fact that uh, I still wanted to play, I said it was okay. And did you play at Vets? How do you look back at your time? I played for a year, and thereafter I worked as an assistant coach to John Lathan. Mm. Yeah, and that was the end of your playing days. That was the end. Uh, obviously, it was different because, oh, obviously, of the playing style. And the fact that uh, when you were at Chiefs for seven years, and all of a sudden you move or you moved to another environment, it is always going to be different and maybe difficult. Talking about being in another environment, let's welcome the Cool Cat, William Shongwe, on the line. Cool Cat, good evening, and thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. Good evening to you, uh, sir, and good evening to Skara as well. And, uh, gee, man, oh, man. Uh, what am I going to say about this man? But I'll let you lead the discussion, brother. <laughs> okay, yeah. I will I will lead the discussion. Skara, how was it to be with your compatriot at Kaiser Chiefs like a William Shongwe? Did it make things easier? I know I think Abel must have come later. Cool kid. Good evening, sir. Uh, this, this one, this one is younger than me, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this one man that I respect so much. You know, and obviously when he came this side, I was already here and we mm. shared and you know a flat with him. Mm. We got closer and we we just respect each other. And I think we we brothers. So mm. whenever I see him or I listen to him, you know, when he works at uh, on, on TV. Yes. I always know because I know him obviously from home. He was a goalkeeper for one of the team that uh, was the opposition to my team. Yes. I just respect William for his character as well as the love of this game. And I think that is the reason why he's still in the game. But Willie, what can you tell us about Absalom Skaratin? He's a soft-spoken man, very humble man. Somebody just tweeted us and say Skara was this soft-spoken during his playing days. I can't believe that he hasn't changed. Wow. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you have uh, known somebody for that long, it's difficult to pick one or two things to say about him. And uh, I guess maybe a lot has been said about him. Yes, very soft-spoken, but uh, the one thing that he did very well was in the field was never soft-spoken. He was very <laughs> explosive. And I guess he left the uh, explosive part of his uh, life in the field of play. This is where he obviously um, think was very talented, very gifted, God-given talent. And uh, I, I must say, this is maybe one very, um, uh, I don't know exactly what to call it, but it's a conflicting statement in a way about mm. him. People know Skara and they were very excited when he played for Kaiser Chiefs. And that's obviously the only time that the South African uh, football lovers got to see him and know him. 
But uh, for for me, who knew him earlier, I feel like by the time he came to South Africa, he was half the man that he was in Tulsa. Wow. I'm telling you, people have never seen Scala. You see, if you had seen Jomosono, mm. and uh, um, if you had seen... I'm, I'm trying to think of, of any other uh, player, great player, um, uh, in South Africa. I, I can't seem to find a name that will fit Scala's ability in the wow. field of play. And... Uh, that's why I'm saying it's a pity because by the time that he arrived in the African uh, uh, soil, he he obviously has lost a, a little bit of uh, the top quality player that he was in Tottenham. But still, the thing is, he was so good enough that people were still impressed with what they saw. But I'm saying that I left a lot of his football in Swaziland. Oh, then that... you must understand. If, yeah. if you loved what you saw, then you must know that this man was something else. That is a bold <laughs> statement, William Shongwe. And do you think he gets the respect that he deserves uh, here in South Africa and back home in Swaziland? Um, you know what? The, the one thing about uh, our our football then is that uh, with the so many players that have come after us, they seem to have taken the center stage. And uh, we obviously get left behind. We become irrelevant to the younger uh, viewers or sports lovers, and to an extent that uh, we get forgotten and uh, we lose the respect that we had. Uh, if you were to meet some of the fans that watched this play, some of them cry tears, literally tears, when they see us. Um, but uh, obviously, like I said, and unfortunately, not too many of them <laughs> get, you get to meet in the streets. Mm. And uh, I feel like if if if, if we're to meet the fans that were there during our time will still have the same impact that the the, uh, current players do have. And that, for me, is just the nature of the generations that have come and and gone. And it's the current players. I mean, if you were to mention me alongside Kune, people will say I was nowhere. Because Kune is who he is right now and is, is is captivating them now. He's capturing the moment right now. And as a result, they got so much to say about him, mm. you know. So for me, it's not necessarily that uh, there's a lack of respect as such, but we, 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 we were, we were there. We were not as prime uh, in the people's minds as, as as we were. They say out of sight and out, out, of, out mind. of mind. <laughs> so that I think was the, the situation for us. But yes, I think there could be more that uh, the fraternity could be doing to still revive the memories and just to keep us alive in the in the memories, just to maybe recognize us for what we're able to contribute. Great call. Thank you very much, William, the cool cat Shongwe, for joining us here in our conversation with Skara Tintwa. Uh, let's go to line five from Paul from Pretoria. Thank you for holding. I believe you were a big fan of Skara. Yes, yes, Kavito. Thanks for the legend. Uh, I'm a big, big, big fan of Skara. Uh, even though I'm, I'm a Morocco Salos fan, there's, there's three you, games for me that stand out. Uh, it was the very first game that I watched, which was a JPS second leg final between Salos and Chiefs mm. at Elite Park. And Chiefs had taken uh, the lead 2-1. And Skara scored one of the best goals I've ever seen, even up to today. Uh, was it a uh, rocket? Because he seemed to take a no, shot. 
No, no, he went through a million of solo defenders. The Goodman from one, Paul, Paul. Uh, what was that? Uh, I, I remember they used to call him. We used to call him Vala, ah. who was one of the tough defenders. I don't know if Garak can recall that. He name. actually seems and, to remember that game. Roger Charles was one of them. Yes. And Roger Charles, remember that wrong game. That 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 was one game. And then the other one was 1987. It was an awesome challenge uh, against Gara. Uh, Chiefs beat us 3-1 again, heartbroken. <laughs> and Gara scored one goal where he outran Goodman from one. Mm. And uh, the other one was the 1990 game at Ellis Park. Uh, it was, I think it was at Soccer City where we had taken an early lead second mm. minute from Newell Cousins. And Chiefs equalized with nine minutes to go via St. McGregor, and then we went to extra time. And guess what? Who was there again? <laughs> there are teams again. This is a man who has broken my heart so many oh, times. Sorry, this is a no. person that I look up to. I I never liked Kaiser Chiefs as, as an opponent, but if there's certain players that I admired, certain this guy is one of them, and I'm very Thank glad you. that he brought Thank him you. there. Great call, Limpo from Pretoria. Thank you very much for that. You're a much better person than mm. me. He's still your favorite player after he beat your team so many times. <laughs> and Skara, I see you nodding. You seem to rem- to remember those games. The the, the goal that is is talking about. We were it was a two legged you know uh, final. Mm. We played the first one in Devon, mm. and I scored the the winning goal. I you went through as I said a bit a few few defenders before I scored it. Mm. I will never forget because you don't you don't only score. In such goals, and it became the goal of the tournament and wow. uh, the goal of the uh, goal of the. That is why I'll, I'll not forget. Now, Skara, we've said everything about your football. Everybody has commented about your football, and then I want to read this, and you'll tell me if this is a quote from you or not. It says. In 1986, I was playing well, but in my heart, I wasn't happy. I had scored a few good goals and helped the team win a few trophies. But in my heart, I had an emptiness. I thought that money would make a difference or trophies or women of fame, but they never did. It was only when I made a decision to follow Christ that I found real satisfaction. The Lord has made the difference in my life, and I believe that he can make the difference in your life if you give yourself to Christ. He is the answer to everything. He will turn your night into day and bring you peace and joy and a sense of fulfillment. Is this you, Skara Tint? Came from me. Came from me. Um, At the I, peak of your career, it it did. In fact, um, how it happened is that uh, I was, you know, working part time at uh, Small Street in town. Mm. You know, selling obviously the clothing for for Kappa. And all of a sudden, while you were playing football, yes. Oh. You know, would you know either go for training. After training, allowed to go and sell, mm. get you know a few bucks, you know. So what happened was, you know, <coughs> Vusi Lamola or Butelis now, mm. computer Lamola. Mm. He came, and because of the fact that he used to play for Chiefs, when he wanted to talk to me, I got excited. Mm. He's my hero. Wanted to talk to me, and we got into a car. I thought we were going to talk about soccer, but he then produced a Bible. I was I was surprised because I didn't expect him to. To even talk about the Bible, and then started uh, ministering to me. It got to make me realize that uh, unless you make a decision, chances are that you will not be, you know, fulfilled. But because the the Christian thing, it was a Christian thing from mm. home. Mm. You know, it was in my head when you spoke to me. 
initially I thought, you know, things are going well. I'm a star. Everyone, when, when I go, when I walk on the street, wants to, you know, shake my... I thought it was not for me. But eventually, you know, I accepted the Lord because he was someone who could talk to you again and again and want to talk to you because he was passionate about it. Mm. And that is how it happened. Was it, a, was it a tough decision? Did you have to think about it? Did it take your time to, to accept the Lord and get closer to God? I, I it didn't take it didn't take long, but obviously it was not it didn't happen that very day. You know, after we had met, I had to think about it. But I knew that at the end of the day, that was a, a decision that I had to take. Now, and and how did that moment change your life or the shape of your life going forward? It it helps you in the sense that you start focusing. You know, when you are playing for either Pirates or Chiefs, and you are playing, or I would assume playing well, you tend to forget about the fact that you're still a human being. You tend to think that maybe you're better than the next person. But it re, it helped me to focus on the fact that I'm like everyone everyone you know, on earth. And I need to be disciplined and focus in order for me to be able to do the work that I've been you know, brought here for. Mm. And I realized after that that even the training became different because I knew that that was my life and that was something that I had to respect. But I even, it even taught me to respect even younger people that were in the past I would not even care about. Mm. And the fact that, uh, you know, when you see a, a lady, you know, you, you've got to respect her before anything else. So that, I think it's important. But more so, you know, when you're a Christian, you've got to pay tithes. Mm. And you need to re- remember that whatever benefits that you are getting there, they don't come because you're smart. They come because someone allowed you to have those benefits. So you've got to pay those tithes. What happened to the tithes thereafter, it's none of your business. Mm. So that for me, I think, was an eye-opener. And you're grateful to Computer Lamol. I'm grateful to him. The general. You know, the Lord that I, that I worship. And he joins us on the line. Computer, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? We are fine. Thank you, sir. Good to hear from you again here on SAFM. We've got Skara Tintua in studio with us. And Computer, he's just told us a story of how you made him accept the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. Do you remember that day? Very much so. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Skara. Hi, my brother. How are you? All right, thanks, Skara. How's it going? Okay, bro. Thank you very much for... Yeah, I'm happy to hear you, hear you on the air. Thank you very much, sir. I uh, respect you. not even hiding your relationship with Jesus Christ because the number of soccer stars, they want to keep that as something confidential. How do you hide light? <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much to you guys and for... Inviting guys of Skara Skylaber because our youngsters, they need to know this, that your talent and your life derives from the Almighty. And uh, you've been created for a purpose to have a relationship with Him as well, not just with our talent or our careers as such. But yeah, let me take a pause and you should be having some reasons why decided that I should be part of this uh, interview. 
Yes, yeah, so we wanted to find out if you realized the impact that you made in Skara's life uh, when you pulled him aside at, on, at Small Street that day and you uh, and you told him about the Lord and accepting the Lord because he says it changed the shape, the shape of his life. Is it something that you were aware of, Computer Lamul? Very, very much so because we used to meet regularly as well. Mm. After planting the seed, we have to say to it that that seed does grow. And that's what the discipleship takes place, you know. Uh, and I think it's a very, very important uh, ministry, uh, which is called uh, AIA, AIA, which stands for Athletes in Action or Sports People in Action. We, you know, just as a, uh, on Saturday, uh, I was part of the derby. I had to go there physically. And I was asking myself a question, why people cannot flock into churches as they are flocking into stadiums, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think someone came up with a vision from America to say, sports does have the potential of bringing masses together, regardless of their background. And uh, we are saying sports people, they possess an influence. And once they can have a relationship with Christ or with God, then it becomes easy for spectators and those who admire him that they can also have a relationship with God because that's the main objective that for us to be here in this planet Earth. We should not just be running after our talents, but we should also have that intimate relationship with him. And I find Skara to be very, very receptive. Uh, many people, when you say you're a Christian, they assume that you are an angel. And uh, having, having a relationship with Christ, it happened to me in 1974. I'm not yet what God wants me to be, but again, I'm no longer what I used to be. You see this change taking place gradually. You are being remolded, remolded or reconstructed. And I thank God that, you know, Skara is saying this publicly that he does have this intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm. Let and me Sk- hold it there. And Skara, you did say that com- uh, computer was your hero. It was one of the people you looked up to. Why was that? He was a star. He would make the ball if I want to. <laughs> I don't know whether. But he would he would do everything with the ball. Mm. You know, he was, he was special. He was a special player. And we've had that so many times before on this show. Let's go to Tsepo from Mukupane. Thank you for holding on, Tsepo. Good evening. Thanks, gentlemen. And uh, hi to Brother Skara there. Hi, uh, my brother. It, it's a pleasure to have you on radio. Thank you very much, sir. I, I also wanted just to add on to the, the praises, what the stand you took uh, about your religion, about your Christianity. Uh, I think it's a good example to our young people. I want to think that you're actually very similar to what Tyson Fury did after that uh, huge match, huge boxing match uh, two weeks ago. Um, many, many stars today are not shy to say where they stand with regards to religion. And I think that's a good example for our young people. Thank you. Thank Great. You, Great call. Thank you for that uh, call, Tsepa, in Mukupane. Uh, let's also go to line six. We've got Tabang. Good evening, Tabang. Fine, thanks. Fine, thanks, Tabang. Hey, man, you've got one of the best best players. I still remember I was 11 years old. I was playing for a team called Alba Chiefs, mm. and we were playing at Beria Park, 
and he scored him and uh, Asian Tule, uh, the late Asian Tule. Kayla Chiefs won 2 1 because Newell Cousin uh, scored with the head. And Skara scored a nice uh, winning goal for Iwiza Kayla Chiefs. And it was great to see uh, uh, this man. It was, he was my hero. I'm a Orlando Pirate fan, but Thank that you, man sir. I respect so much. Thank God you. bless you, Skara. Thank you, sir. Sure. Thank you very much. Chabang. Hmm. An Orlando Pirates fan respecting a Kaiser Chiefs legend. Is that the same game that, that the previous caller was talking about? I, th- I think he was talking about that. But yes. but Tabi, so you know, South African people are good people. They uh. understand the game. Uh. They don't care whether you play for Pirates or what. If they like you, they like you. Where uh, Right now, where I go, I'm telling you, where I go right now, those are the people that, that hugs me, that, you know, because uh. they understand the game. Uh. Yeah. Really? I'm telling you. Sure, I've never heard this. I, I only hear this with Dr. Kumalo, where people say, ah, Dr. Kumalo, I support Pirates, but uh, I used to support Chiefs, but uh, I mean, I used to support Pirates, but Dr. Kumalo was my favorite player. This is the first time that I've heard it from another, with another player who's not even a Bafana Bafana International. I guess it shows how good you are, Skaratintwa. I want to take a quick breather, and then we want to come back and talk about your role now as a financial advisor, because I think that's an important conversation to have. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Now, Skaratinto, I mentioned at the top of the show that you are a financial advisor. A lot of people were surprised. Do you get this reaction when people find out what you are doing after your playing days? I do. I do because, you know, soccer and what I do right now, two people doesn't go, you know, together. Hmm. And how long have you been doing this for? Since 1993. Since 1993. Yes. And tell us about the work of a financial advisor. You are with Oracle Brokers. Firstly, who's Oracle Brokers? Oracle Brokers, it's a financial you know, company that is independent. In mm. other words, we, we don't work for whether the other company, mm. the other service provider. We're independent. We just advise people that we feel that, you know, they need advice. You know, I was talking to Timmy the other time mm. and I realized that in its, in its advice <laughs> Ah, free session yeah. after the show. And what does the job of a financial advisor entail? What exactly do you talk to people about? We talk to people about, you know, how to invest money. You know, every one of us need to make sure that a certain percentage, in fact, I normally say to people, between 15 and 30% should be off your salary, should be invested. Every month? Every month. And make sure that you invest that kind of money for the rest of your life. Because remember, you don't live for now. Mm. You know, you've got to make sure that you invest your money for short term, medium term, and even five, you know, long term. So, who are the people that you advise, Karatindo? Everyone. Uh, as I said, I could in- advise, you know, players, mm-hmm. advise people on the road, but mainly advise people that I think are responsible. Because when you get people that are not responsible, they take your advice, they implement whatever you suggesting. Three months down the line, they stop. That is not how it's supposed to be. Mm. It has to continue until you see the value of what you are doing. And and do does a person have to earn five figures for you to be able to give them financial advice? Is there a certain amount of money that you have to earn? Not necessarily. I always say that if you earn a salary, as I said, make sure that part of that salary, fifteen between fifteen and thirty, you put it aside. Make sure that you don't touch it for a, you know quite a long time. There are certain products that obviously I used. Uh, some of the products that you could use, like right now, it's called the Flexi mm-hmm. you know, type of an investment. It has a tax-free type of a component. In other words, the government gives you a certain amount. Of, the government says, invest about 36000 on a yearly basis. Mm-hmm. If you invest that kind of money, they are not going to tax it. 
Oh. And beauty about it is that it's a flexi, flexible type of investment. Should you need that kind of money, you can access it. But as I said, don't just you know touch that money because mm. obviously it's for a certain purpose, you know, in the future. Do you do you have any footballers that you advise? I do. I do talk to them, but I must say that uh, there are not many that have listened. Uh, there are quite a few, but uh, they've disappointed me. I I couldn't mention a lot. I'm still talking to a few of them. In fact, I've gone to a stage of talking to the union, mm. you know, so that I can try and reach out to, you know, such players. And as a former player yourself, I guess that's why you think financial education is important for footballers. Did you did you learn from your mistakes or did the bell ring while you were still playing? I was still playing. Uh, for me, there are two main reasons. When I was still in Swaziland, my dad died when I was still young. And I have sisters, three sisters behind me, or who come behind me. I had to look after after them and make sure they go to school and they finish their schooling. That taught me a lesson. My father had worked in that because I grew up in a mine. I was born in a mine in Swaziland. Mm. He had worked for about 30 years. When he died, he only got 5,000. That was an eye-opener. I was young, but that was an eye-opener. That you can work for a long time and not get anything from the company. Unless you take those steps and plan your life, chances are that other people are not going to do for you. But secondly, the fact that there were players you know, who had played before me who were struggling, that as well made me to realize that just before, because it started when I was, I left it about three years mm. at Chiefs, that I started thinking of what do I do next? And then I decided to do what I am doing right now. Were you getting good money at the time? I couldn't imagine it was a lot in the peanuts. 80s. We were earning peanuts, but we, we survived. We we're, we're not earning a lot. But it was not an excuse still. It wasn't. The the thinking is that even if you earn you know, a thousand rands, invest part of the 30% of that money. If you invest it for a long time, because of the compound interest, the beauty of the compound interest, interest that ends interest on top of another interest, you'd find that in the long term, you'll see the results. But you've got to have a plan. You've got to say, especially when you're a soccer player, how, how, how long is your lifespan if you're a soccer player? 15 years. Maybe 10, 10 15, 15 if you're like. Mm. So make, make sure that you segment them into, say, five, you know, five years. First five years, make sure that you invest, you know, that kind. In fact, when a soccer player, invest more than 30%, mm-hmm. invest about 60%. You'll be left with four, 40%. That 40%, three months of, of, of that uh, 40%, you can just leave it in a savings account. The rest, look for it. Look for, you know, how you can invest it. Remember that when you're a soccer player, you're a businessman who happens to be in the business of soccer. You're entertaining people. Mm. And the richest stage where you won't be able to, to play. That is why you have to invest more than just an owner. Because also it's not a normal job like us where we can be right. uh, working for government for a very long time. Right. Soccer, right. you have to come, it has to come to an end sometimes. Right. And from experience, Skara, what is the biggest uh, or common mistake that f- footballers make when it comes to money matters? It's not to... The, w- most of us, we don't plan. We, don't, we forget that, as you said, we will be playing for 15 years. We seem to think that we will be playing forever, but it doesn't happen like that. But again, it's the habits that we grow up with, habits that start from home. Mm-hmm. You know, things like this, have got to, they've got to be taught at school. Unless you teach children when they're still young, chances are that they won't be able to do it. And as you probably are aware, you know, Tabiso, black people like us, we, our parents don't teach us. Because mm. they don't even have the money. You know, when we eventually get money, all of a sudden we say, wow, you know, we've arrived. Yet 
we should have been taught you know whilst we were young. I was about to ask that the, the lack of but the lack of financial awareness from our background because I remember one player well Jabu Jabu Pule has said it so many times that he would get 40,000 rand a month he would blow it in two weeks but he wouldn't worry because it will come back again 40,000 rand he blows it again because he knows he'll get 40,000 again at the end of the month until it stopped it stopped coming so most of our players cut into a buy flashy cars when they make it or they buy big houses people say a car is not an, an investment what's your take on that let me start by saying you know Tabiso soccer should not deceive us remember i said to you you must remember that ordinary people yeah now when you buy a car what are you going to gain from the car chances that you'll make people say wow but it ends there you know you are going to give up that car away you would not have gained anything whereas if you buy something else something like a house for instance you would have you know gotten something that will look after you forever Do clubs have these financial sessions or lessons for their players? And do you, if so, do you think they're working? I know you're doing something now with the NetBank and Kiona. Okay, clubs that do not have. Mm. But there's a company which I can't, can't mention maybe. Mm. Or Transnet. Yes. They have those sessions. Yes. As soon as you start work, they allow you know people like us to remind people. Because you, you're just reminding them. Mm. You, don't have, you shouldn't do it once. You've got to do it continuously mm. before people could catch up. You know, if you do it once, people are not going to listen to you. So it has to continue. I think Fanny Madira told us a story like that. Let's go to the voice notes as we wrap up the show. Raskara, only one question. Don't you have ambassador to coach your national team, which is Swad Skamnigad? Hello there, hello there. Absolute Monskara Tinto. Uh, I'm glad that you are advising our up-and-coming players and the current players to save more money. Uh, that guy was working one of uh, was working at one of the best financial company uh, in South Africa. I don't want to mention the name of the company, but the company said Amish of Street. So I met him there uh, five years, six years, seven years ago. No. Uh, thanks for advice, you know, and also to us support us, fan, we must invest money when it's possible so that we must not die as poor. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Any ambitions of coaching? I think they are. I'm not meant to coach any anyone because I don't think I have the heart to be hired and be fired, be hired and be fired. I don't, have, I don't think I have that, you know, heart. Mm. <laughs> But you've got a foundation back home. You give back. I've read about it a couple of years now. How is that going and how important is it for you to give back? Over, over the weekend, we're in Switzerland. That's, that's what we do. You know, we, we talk to different companies, raise money, and then, you know, organize tournaments and try and assist. In fact, there's a boy who is with Supersport, Lungelo Smilani. Mm. He's one of the players that we've unearthed. That's the kind of thing that I would like to do. That is awesome. Skara, it's been a pleasure and an honor for us to uh, be speaking to you tonight. I think we've picked up so much from your wisdom and from your insight. And uh, we wish you all the best with what you're doing. And on Twitter, Mr. Dubazane wants to know, can I find out how can I get Mr. Skara to share these words of wisdom to the future generation? I can give everyone and my number 074 
There you have it. You only had one chance to write down Skara Tinto's number. It will never happen again. If you missed it, call us tomorrow. We'll give it back to you. But uh, Mr. Dubazana will also put you in touch then with Skara. Skara, a lot of people have enjoyed the conversation. They've enjoyed your humility, uh, how down to earth you are and how humble you've always been. And they just want to wish you succeed. And they're happy with the path that you've chosen in your life. And I hope you've realized today how uh, the impact that you've made in people's lives. First of all, I want to thank you guys for inviting me and thank you obviously to the listeners and thank you for the, you know, the input that they gave me today and I'm hoping that uh, going forward, you know, things will go well for them.